Boom, coming in hot, Chinch. How we doing, brother? Good, man. Big day today. Big day today. Hall of Fame Big day. announcement. Yes. So we figured we'll have a Hall of Fame type show. You know, all our, all our shows are Hall of Fame shows, in my opinion. Perfect. Yeah, dude. You're right. You got that right. Bro, I, I, you know what? I, it makes me, it does, really quick, it does make me think back. I, I brought this up the other day on MLB Network. You know, I didn't make, I didn't get a vote for Cooperstown, but I was on the ballot. And, and Tom Producci was explaining to me, like, you have to have the credentials just to get on the ballot, 10 plus years. So you have to have 10 plus years mm -hmm. in the big leagues, I believe, with numbers to get on the ballot. Or maybe it's a little less or whatever. But so I look back at the, my time on the ballot and I'm like, man, that was, that was what an honor it was to be on the ballot. Now, yeah. that just shows you how great the guys that go in are. Yeah. Because they're the one percenters of the one percenters. You're yeah, the creme you, de la creme. Aren't you like the 32nd highest batting average in history? You're, you're up I'm a, there. I'm, a, I'm 162nd oh, okay. with, with 4,000 or plus more at-bats. So, yeah. so think about this. 20,000 people play the game. I'm number 162. You know, but like, you know, I had 1,500 hits. I had, you know, I had... 800 RBIs, yeah. all that stuff. These guys are, you know, 3,000 hits is the number you're talking about. 500 homers doesn't even doesn't even get you in every, anymore. I mean, these guys, this isn't like the other Hall of Fames. I just that are a little more watered down. This is serious stuff in Cooperstown. That's why some of these guys on the ballot that we're going to discuss in any other profession, they're in, they're in six years ago. I know. It's crazy. Because Cooperstown is so cutthroat. You know, there's a bunch of guys on this ballot that I believe are. I, I played against all these guys that are Hall of Fame. The, the guys that go in now, Chinch, are my buddies. Yeah, isn't that They're crazy? Guys, I, That's it's interesting. My generation, yeah. That's yeah. weird. Cool, but weird. Um, so well, weird. There's, there's a lot of guys to talk about. We can go down the list. Let's in no particular order. Well, the dude, the first one I want to talk about out the gates. Go. Um, is Andrew Jones? Okay, what do you got? This guy's a Hall of Famer. Smoltz, Glavin, and Matt. Listen, bro, you win up the middle, okay? And the, the center fielder, he's the greatest center fielder. I'm, I'm telling you, I believe he's the greatest center fielder baseball has ever seen. Wow. That's, that's how good he was. I played with him in the minors in the all-star team in 96 Carolina League. I played against him in the minors when he was 18 years old. Bro, no one had ever seen something like Andrew Jones. The way he covered the gaps – he used to play in and then go back. No one does that, dude. No, no one does that. No. Everyone plays back and they come in. Andrew Jones used to play in, and he talked about the other night. He said when, when, when Smoltz pitched, he gave up a high fly ball, so he'd play a little deeper. When Maddox pitched, he'd give up a lot of line drives. He'd play more shallow. You know, when Glavin pitched, he would shade the other gap because, because you know, you knew he was going to pitch away. Dude, when you go and look at this guy – Yep. It, it, Jones has won 10 gold gloves in his career. He, he said the only people to, to win the, the full list of outfitters to win more, Clemente and Willie Mays. That's it. Two first ballot Hall wow. of Famers. Jones is one of four outfielders to win exactly 10 gold gloves, with Griffey, Al Kaline, and Ichiro being the other three. All good. All Let's good go a players. step further. Overall, there have been 15 non-pitchers to win at least 10 gold gloves. Only four. This is incredible, then. Here you go. This is going to blow your head off. Only four of them also hit at least 400 home runs. Mm. So 10 gold gloves over 400 home runs. Mm -hmm. Ready for this list? Willie Mays, Ken Griffey Jr., Mike Schmidt, and Andrew Jones. Wow, that's crazy. So even right, that right there, you'd say no doubt about it. Okay, now let's go to this. He accumulated a 24.4 defensive war, wins above replacement, per baseball reference in his career. 
That's the most of any outfielder in Major League Baseball history by 5.6 war. That's bananas. I mean, are you kidding me, dude? Let's stop the math. Listen, the stop problem the, is... Stop the insanity. Jonesy, insanity. Jonesy came up when he was 18, 19 years old, and he played maybe his last few years he shouldn't have been playing. Like, And so people remember, well, his last couple of years, he hit 200, 190. Dude, go to the whole body of work. Maddox, yeah. Smolt, and Glavin are not who they are without Andrew Jones in center. I'm tell, I, and I firmly believe that. And why did they thank him? All three of them thanked Andrew. Why didn't they go around to everybody? Thank every defensive player. They knew the value of how many runs Andrew Jones saved those guys. Makes total This guy's sense. a Hall of Famer. Bottom line, no <laughs> doubt about it. Let's, let's get him in there. How about from 1997 through 2000? Seven, he never played less than 153 games, and that's as a center fielder center at a, field. at a position you where you're running around the field. It's not like you know you're sit, sitting in right up against the green monster in some field. He's playing a deep. He's playing a shallow center field in a deep ballpark for ten straight years at 150, averaging like 161 games in most Dude, of those. That's years. incredible. And like what you said right there too, Chinch, from 97 to 2007. These numbers are incredible. You start to look at them. From 97 to 2007, he was with Atlanta, which is 11 years. He had 26.7 defensive war. Now, get ready for this one? 10.2 more than any other defender at any position That's in that crazy. span. Pudge Rodriguez had a, had a 15.2. He said the difference between first and second on the list was the same as the difference between number two and 56 on the list. Yeah, that's like, that's like uh, when... That's like uh, Babe Ruth hitting sixty home runs when everybody else was hitting twelve, right? Like, right, right, exactly, dude. Like it was, it, it, he was at a different level. Yeah. All right. So we got him. He's on our list. We like him on the list. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. He's he, he's got to go in, dude. Like, come on. Okay. So that's that's one. Who else we got, brother? Oh, man, we got so many other guys to talk about here. All right, let's go rolling. Make your rolling case. Scott Rowland, dude, Hall of Famer. I'm sorry. I mean, listen, I know I'm not I'm not crazy here. I know all these guys aren't going to go in this year but they all deserve to go in before they're off this ballot um scott Rowland, dude you know what you're looking at the guy was a killer made every play look like brooks robinson over there at third i mean literally that's it's high praise but it should be high praise guy i don't the guy won a ton ton of gold gloves i don't know exactly what the number is but i think he won seven or eight gold gloves um you know he's one of the greatest defensive players in the history um, he only fell 47 votes short in 2022. I, I feel like he's creeping up um, where, where he should be. But he's one of the greatest ever. He won eight gold gloves, fourth most all-time among third basemen behind Brooks Robinson, Mike Schmidt, and Aaron Otto. Yep. Um, the numbers rack up Roland's trophy. He recorded 21.2 defensive war in his big league tenure. Just there's so many. He was a strong hitter. One, um, oh, here's another. Here you go. Here's good. Uh while not on the elite level of elite hot corner batsmen as Schmidt, Eddie Matthews, and Chipper Jones and George Brett, rolling, he was still really, really good. He won. He won the. Um, uh, let me see. He won the NL Rookie of the Year in '97. He fourth in MVP in 2004. He averaged 28 home runs and 102 RBIs per season with a 133 OPS plus. His production did tail off in his 30s, but he still had a 122 OPS plus. Bottom line is, Scott Rowland's a Hall of Famer. Defensively, offensively, championship-wise, 
So, boom. Boom. Next. All right. You say next. I say Jeff Kent. All right. You know what? Listen, it's not going to happen this year because we've already seen, you know, what's going on. But Jeff Kent has more home runs than any second baseman in history. Guy was clutch. He won an MVP. You know, this guy was an absolute stud, man. And, you know, he's one of the best second basemen to ever play the game. I really believe that he should be in, too. And I'm not the only one that, that's saying this, you know, at the end of the day. Uh, he got 32.7% last last time on the ballot. Um, but but he is no doubt, for me, a, a Hall of Famer. There's just there's there's no doubt about it. So well, I'm playing against him, too. All those years he played in San Fran with Bonds. You know, uh, he was he was such a such a, a force in the middle of that lineup. Then when he went to Houston, that's when I really got to see him play a lot because I played in the Central against him. Dude, big hit after big hit after big hit. You didn't want to face that whole lineup was loaded with Moises, Salou, Biggio, Bagwell, Kent, Berkman. They were loaded. But Jeff Kent was a guy, man. He aged well. He didn't have a ton of range, but I tell you what. You'd be analyzing Jeff Kent differently in this day and age, or you know now now that the shift's going back. But for these last fifteen some years of the shift, Jeff Kent did, wouldn't didn't have to go left or right. You know he'd, he'd have another guy on on the on the right side for him fielding those balls. So, you know for me, Jeff Kent no doubt is a Hall of Famer. Uh, so he'll get in at some point. Maybe not this time, but at some point. The next guy, Todd Helton. Todd Helton, you know, we had Dan O'Dowd on recently, and uh, and and we're going to be airing that here soon. But, you know, Dan was talking about his splits. I mean, Todd Helton's splits, I mean, the fact that he did what he did on the road and and and, and at home. I mean, this guy was let – me, let me get some of his stats up. Go for it. Um, he played his entire 17-year career, 17 career in, in uh, obviously, Colorado. The numbers are going to be obviously better there. But if you strip out the course fields numbers and tally, Helton was a great hitter. In 4,612 road plate appearances, he hit 287 with almost an eight, like an eight, eight fifty something, 855 OPS away from the home. He said it's a higher, his home ballpark is higher than the road OPS of Hall of Famers. Dave Winfield, Eddie Murray, Ricky Henderson, Tony Gwynn, Al Kaline, George Brett. Yeah. And when, when it comes to on-base percentage, Helton's 386 on-base percentage on the road, get this, is higher than Hall of Famers Rod Carew, Gwynn, Honus Wagner, Willie Mays, Eddie Matthews, Joe Morgan, Tim Raines, Vlad Guerrero, Fred McGriff, Frank Robinson, Killebrew, McCovey, Larry Walker. I mean, come on, dude. Todd Helton is a Hall of Famer. I mean, obviously he had big numbers of cores, but anybody would if you're a great player. And the, the fact that Larry Walker got in, Really uh, gives Helton yeah. it gives Helton a good thing to say. Listen, let's not keep going to the course field effect. This guy was also a great road player. Yeah, his 2000 season I would put up there with as maybe definitely top five, definitely top ten offensive season. I would maybe put it in a top five. Ready? Three seventy two yeah. batting average, four sixty three on base, six ninety eight slugging, one point one six two OPS. He hit 372 with 42 homers and 147 RBIs, 59 doubles, and 216 hits. He won the MVP. He finished. This is what tells you how screwed up that 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 generation is. He finished fifth in the in the MVP voting that year. Guess who finished yeah, first? Guess who finished first? Jeff Kent. We've been talking about. There you go, dude. I just said Jeff Kent. So the MVP of that year 
with all those guys having those huge numbers. And, yeah. and Helton got pe- penalized for the Coors Field effect, totally. no doubt about it. How about this, too? According to um, the Jaws system of rating players at each position, Helton ranks 15th all-time among first basemen. That's higher than Hall of Famers Eddie Murray, Hank Greenberg, George Sisler, Bill Terry, Harmon Killebrew, Fred McGriff, Orlando Cepeda, and Gil Hodges. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, so All right. I, I got another guy for you. Too. I got another guy too. for you because we love this guy. We both think he's a Hall of Famer. He's only got two chances left this year and next year. Gary Sheffield, let's go. Come on, man. Gary Sheffield is a Hall of Famer. You know, they, they, uh, listen, the, the knock is – the one offseason when I went out and worked out with Bonds and his trainer and, 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 you know, had the cream and stuff like that. Dude, go look at Gary Sheffield's body. Never changed his whole career, literally. And, and Gary Sheffield, listen, for me, was one of my favorite teammates. This guy, 500 homers. He was the, he was the same hitter his whole career. He never, he never fluctuated. It wasn't like a three, four-year period where he was like all of a sudden – so much better than he was in the certain in certain years. This guy was so consistent. No, yeah, he was thirty to yeah. forty five homers every year. It's not like he went twenty seven to fifty ever. To seventy to he, seventy. Yeah, he 25. never <clears throat> he never, never did, that. did that. I mean, he had a couple right. big years, but those were big years for him. But he he went look. Right. He went from thirty four homers to forty three one year. That's not crazy. And the next right, year he had thirty six. Right. You know? Right, he was always, dude. You go look at Gary Sheffield's body of water. I mean, body of work, <laughs> not the body of water. It was got to be pretty big. It's like the Atlantic Ocean, <laughs> dude. This guy, this guy, should be in the Hall of Fame, man. That's the bottom line, and you can't tell me any different. This guy had the greatest bat speed and hit the ball harder than I want to say. Top three people, probably all time, ever hit the ball as hard as Gary Sheffield. Yeah, those. Think about those like mid two thousand Yankees teams where Jeter was on a team, A Rod was on a team, Matsui was on a team towards the end of his career there. Like Gary Sheffield was the best hitter on a team. He was the best hitter yeah. on the best Yankee teams. Right. He was the guy you wanted up over A Rod. Yeah. Oh, yeah. those couple years over Jeter. No offense, but forget about it. Like he's a he's superstar. The guy, he's the guy you feared, right? He's mm-hmm. the guy you feared. You know what? One thing about Chef too, the guy hit good pitching. Mm-hmm. The guy hit great pitching. Great pitching. You put the best up against Gary Sheffield, and he and he hit rockets off him. Yeah, only like and also, one of the most non-intimidated players that there was. Remember Pedro hit him in the shoulder, and he turns around to the mound. And he goes, "Not me, not me, Mofo, oh, dude, not me, bro, Mofo, bro." bro. I, I've asked Pedro about that, and Pedro's like, "He would have kicked my ass, man." Like, <laughs> and he said it flat out. He's like. When he turned to me, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> and that's Pedro Chef. Martinez, one of the most intimidating pitchers of all time. Yeah, you know? dude. Chef was intimidated by no one man, Mm-mm. and he should be in Cooperstown. Still Everyone isn't. knows it. Everyone knows it. Yeah. Everyone knows it. He should go in just for, remember a couple years ago, he was hitting BP with his kids with the cigar in his mouth and hit a ball like 500 feet. <laughs> launching balls, yeah, launching <laughs> He's balls. He's so cool. He was, he, was, he was one of my He was the closest thing to, like, Casey at the bat because – no matter what the situation, when Gary Sheffield would come up, I would stop and watch his at-bats. Just because I loved yeah. watching him with that freaking yeah. torque and bombs. I remember, one time, I remember one time we were hitting in the cages, Chinch, in Detroit, and I was struggling. He was struggling. Mm-hmm. We're down there hitting, and he's like, he's like, Case, man. He's like, 
you just got to start relaxing more. Just like me, man, when I'm in the, and he goes, like me, when I'm, I'm relaxing that box and I go, chef, it looks like you're having a seizure in the box. You look like the opposite, you look the opposite of relaxed. Yeah. You're like this. And that's so funny, that mentality of like, he's like, you got to be like me, man. I'm just in the bat in the box, relaxed. I'm like, wow, <laughs> this guy's a killer. His wood sawing off his bat right before he said, oh my God, so gonna, all right, who do we got left? There were 28 candidates. I mean. Did we miss anybody big? No, no, yeah, 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 yeah. We got Billy Wagner. Billy Wagner. Oh, Wagner's give me your Billy too. Wagner. Like, dude, I faced this guy so much when we were in the NL Central. I mean, you know, you know, like I said, when you're playing, you just know the the guys that are different or the Cooperstown guys or the guys that have longevity, the guys that put up big numbers. Billy Wagner was that guy for me, man, as far as closers go. You know, I see with Trevor Hoffman getting in, Billy Wagner of that generation, Mariano, Wags, um, Hoffman were the creme de la creme. Billy Wagner threw a legit 101 miles an hour, 102 miles an hour. I mean, it was absolute fuel. And he was so reliable. Every year he was so reliable, closing games out for the games out for the Astros, closing games out for the Phillies. You know, all the teams that he all the teams that he played for, you know, he was always so reliable. And, you know, when I look at that list of guys that are in, for me, man, playing with all these guys, Billy Wagner's a Hall of Famer too. Like I said, they're not gonna all get in this year. But all those guys should be in Cooperstown, in my opinion. I agree. And Kurt, Sch- Kurt Schilling should be in too, dude. Oh, yeah. Let's go Schilling a little bit. The fact that he's off, I mean, he's off the ballot now and didn't get on with the veterans either. But, yeah. you know, I think sometimes, you know, it's not the, it's not the holy land. It's the promised land. You That's know what a, I mean? I like at, that terminology. At, yeah. This ain't the holy land. If it, it's not, you know, it's the promised land. And at the end of the day, you know, He's got the numbers and the, and the and the postseason pedigree, probably the best ever, you one of the best ever. Also has one of the craziest stories you'll ever hear in your life. Billy Wagner, back to him. Yeah. He was right-handed growing up. Did you know that? Oh, what? he broke his clavicle playing football and then started throwing a ball lefty so he could keep playing baseball. Oh my God, are you serious? I yeah, did, did you know not that? know that? That's inc- no, that's incredible. That's even more incredible. So, growing up tough in the southern Appalachian corner of. Hammersville, yeah, yeah. yeah, breaks Virginia. his right arm, his natural arm, twice. Oh, before the age of seven. So when he was seven years old, he he learned how to become left-handed. Wow. He threw a hundred miles per hour with his dude. offhand. You think he could have thrown like hundred and forty if he stayed right? <laughs> no doubt, dude. That's a crazy. Like a rocket rocket launcher. Yeah. Hey, change. I got a great story. Go. When I when I played for the Brewster Whitecaps in the Cape Cod League in '94. I believe it was the year earlier. Our catcher, this guy, Bobby Lasanti, was the catcher at Notre Dame. And he was telling me the story about the year before Billy Wagner played there, you know, at, uh, at, um, for Brewster. Mm-hmm. And, and Wags is not the biggest of dudes. And probably then he wasn't, you know, he got bigger in the big legs, big legs. You know, he was at big legs. That's why he threw so hard. Yeah. But um, when you go back to him at Ferrum College, I think he was a Division Three college. Yeah. Ferrum, which is up there in Virginia. He... He, um, the first day, Bobby Lasani said, okay, you know, got all the pitches together. He said, all right, let's go out to the bullpen. What do you got? And Lasani and, and Billy Wagner's like, you know, Lasani's like looking at this little kid, basically. Right. And he's like, he's like, well, you know, I got a fastball, curveball, slider. He's like, all right, how hard do you throw just so I can gauge? He's like, I, you know, anywhere from 98 to 101. And Bobby Lasani's <laughs> like, this guy is so full of crap. Are you kidding me? Like, you, what is this guy? He goes to Ferrum College, yeah. Division Three, and he says he throws 98, 101. The guy's freaking like a, a buck, a buck 75 soaking wet with a bag. Yeah, it's kind of my size. Pocket. He's like my size. Yeah. 
Dude, he's not the biggest of dudes. Bro, Lasani says he goes down first pitch, he calls a heater. Wham! Like, Lasani says, I've never seen a wow. fastball that hard in my life. It, was, it must have been 100 miles an hour Holy just cow. popping the glove. Yeah, it was incredible. And we so forget, incredible. back back when you guys played, like, 100 was different than it is now. Everybody throws 97, Dude. 98 yeah. now. Dude, 100 then, like, Clemens threw 95. Clemens would right. hit 100 once every three weeks in a big spot. Wagner threw 100 miles per hour on those consistently. guns consistently. consistently. Every incredible time. dude. How'd you do against Houston, him? How'd you do against he him? He would come up. He would come up to close the game. I got a couple hits, but he. I think he dominated me. But I would. I would come up. Yeah. See how I did. I would come I'm up, looking. dude. And in, in Houston, you could see the radar. You know, he threw the first pitch, and I'd always look up, and the crowd would go nuts. They'd be like, "Oh, whatever!" It hit a hundred. So you're like, "Oh yeah. my god!" And, and it was every bit of a hundred. And he short armed it, dude. He was like a catcher. He short armed it. He, he, not, not, right. he didn't really, you know, he was one of the first guys to short arm it. Wham. Yeah. Pulling up stats right now. I don't know if I can. Yeah, does it does it say how I did? I know I had a couple hits off him, but not. Oh, many. here we go. Yeah. Uh three for thirteen. One double. Eight. Three ribbies. You only struck out twice, though. That's impressive to me. Two K's and thirteen at bats against Wagner. That's let's go. Not many let's people go. can say that. Right? That's not bad. Three for thirteen. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who's wh- which Hall of Famer right now do you think you hit best against? That's a good uh, question. I hit 360 off Maddox, I think. Is that good? 360 <laughs> off Maddox. I think I, hit three, I think I hit 350 off Glavin. I hit 333 off Randy Johnson. Only one at bat against Mike Maddox. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. 360, dude. Holy cow. Uh, who'd you hit the most bombs off of? Do you know? I, I think I had two off Glavin. Wow, that's cool. Wow, man. You played in yeah. the golden era of pitching, dude. It was more dude, yeah. and hitting. Dude, I mean, obviously there were roids out yeah. there. Were, oh, dude, yeah. yeah. I that, remember the one year. I, one year I had forty six doubles, twenty five RBI, twenty five homers. The one year in two thousand four, I struck out thirty six times of forty four. I had eight more doubles wow. than strikeouts. Forty four wow. doubles, thirty six strikeouts, and twenty four homers. Hit three twenty four, and people were like. You know, how come you're, uh, how come you didn't hit more homers? Because guys are, the 12 guys hit 50. I go, I don't know. Like 24 used to be a lot of homers. <laughs> that used to be a lot. Dave Winfield was the scariest hitter in baseball for years, and he would hit like 23 to 25 yeah, homers. Yeah. No questions. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. It's incredible. Incredible. All right. All right. So we got, so, we got a lot right. here. Cool. It'll be fun in. to check out, see who gets in. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. All right, we're going to ship this out like ASAP so you guys can get a little nice little yeah. primer. Case yeah. just went yeah. after you. You freaking go. got all the stats in there. Bella's all yeah, fired up. Bella knows it. When, <laughs> when Jess is still sleeping in the morning, Bella barks because she knows I'm going to give her a freaking treat. <laughs> That's what she's doing right now. She's what, would Je- what would Jess do? Jess would be like, get out of here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She's staring. Look, look at poor Macy sitting in a corner here trying to take a nap, and Bella's just staring at her going, ruff, ruff. So let me get out of here before they start eating. All right, each man. Other. All right, All right, brother. All right, Chase. Hey, and, and, and everyone out there, listen. If you didn't listen to yesterday's episode, go back. Yes, please our do. Man, our man, Nikki Cass. So good, so Absolutely. funny. Absolutely. Incredible stuff. Chinchy, I'll see you tomorrow, brother. And uh, we're hoping the big Lambuski joins us. We'll yes. see if we can make it happen. Yes. All right. To see give you, us buddy. the NFL update. Love you, brother.